Hello, a very blessed Sunday morning to you. You're listening to St. Mark Lutheran Church in Bemidji's podcast. Today's podcast was sponsored by the First Grade Hymnal Scribblers Guild. You'll have no idea what we're writing over the lyrics, but isn't it so creative? While the Sundays after Easter can seem like a letdown, with low attendance and the lilies have begun to wilt a bit and all the fancy outfits have been put away, maybe instead of viewing it as a negative, we should see it as a positive. It reminds us that the news of Christ's resurrection is much bigger than the frenzy of a single day. It marches across centuries and continents. It will continue regardless of whether it's the biggest Sunday of the year or the one right after it. The gospel witness goes forward unrestrained. If you are interested in learning more about our ministry, may I suggest that you take a look at our website, www.stmarksbemidji.org. You may also think about subscribing to our YouTube channel and our video, for our video podcasts, or take a look at our Facebook page. If you have any trouble finding us, just look in the show notes in this podcast for the links. I also want to hear from you. If you have any feedback whatsoever on the podcast, or you just want to say hi, drop me a line at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org. Our sermon for today is titled, Stop Doubting and Believe. The meditation is based upon John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. We now join Dr. Kyle Reese, who most generously read today's sermon while Pastor was on vacation. Grace from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you always. Amen. The Sunday of the church year that statistically across all denominations has the lowest attendance is this one. The Sunday after Easter, we can't even get a pastor to come today. I added that part. (laughs) The Roman Catholic Church historically called this Sunday Low Sunday for obvious reasons. Pope John Paul II renamed it Divine Mercy Sunday. A good call on his part because every pastor around the world is probably praying for divine mercy after seeing attendance numbers on this day. All kidding aside, why do we suppose this is? 
Could it possibly be a sort of doubting Thomas effect? Pastor, in his sermon last week, showed us that when we see Jesus walk away from the tomb, we can be sure that we will walk away from ours. In the week after Easter, the cares and worries of life start to creep in, and with that, doubts creep back in too. Resurrection from the dead? This doesn't just happen today, it happens every day. Every Christian doubts at some point in their walk of faith. If you don't, you're probably already dead and in heaven. It's our sinful nature that causes those doubts. A sinful nature that can't believe or trust in a resurrection from the dead. Not Jesus and not ours. But we, like Thomas, are told today from the words of John's Gospel to stop doubting and believe. We have been told that Jesus is risen and Jesus crushes our doubt and tells us to be at peace. It wasn't a week from Easter. It was the evening of Easter. And the disciples were hiding out in fear. They probably said, if they did that to Jesus, they will come looking for us too. They were probably some conflicts and conflicting reports about what was going on. Peter and John had seen the empty tomb, but the rest of Jesus' friends had not. I imagine that it was probably difficult for the rest of them to simply take Peter and John at their word that Christ was risen. But, if Jesus, who the disciples had confessed him to be earlier, if he really was that man and that God, they should have been waiting outside the tomb. He said the things like, I'll destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Or, this generation will be given the sign of Jonah. I have no idea why Jesus waited until evening that day to appear to his disciples. Was it so they had time to reflect and remember Jesus' prediction of his resurrection? I don't know. But even in the face of their doubting him, in light of their abandoning him, and in the middle of that room, Jesus appeared and put aside any doubt. Rejoice. And beyond belief, he says, Peace be with you. As my Father sent me, I am sending you. And he shows them his wounds. This is no ghost or spirit, but the risen Lord. But there was one of the eleven who was not there that day. John says, Now Thomas, known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. It is clear that the other ten disciples did what Jesus told them to do when he met with them the first time. He said, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. They went out and they were telling people that they had seen Jesus alive. Since their friend Thomas was not there, they probably sought him out and told him first. We could all speculate why Thomas wasn't there. Maybe he just stepped out for a few hours. Or perhaps this shows something more serious, that he was trying to separate himself from the other ten. We can only judge Thomas by what Thomas says. And what we see in his words is heartbreak, sadness, and doubt. He probably felt foolish for following Jesus. Three whole years and wandering all over the Holy Land, and for what? Now he's dead. 
And now the Romans and the Jewish leaders would be after him and his friends too. And his friends telling him that Jesus was alive? Had they seen a ghost? Were they just going nuts to make up some story to help them cope with their grief? If they thought they were helping themselves get over the loss, they certainly were not helping him out any. The only thing that would work for Thomas is the cold, hard fact, or he would not believe. But you know, Thomas may not have been there when Jesus came to visit the disciples on that Easter evening, but he had been there when he raised Lazarus from the dead. He had been there on the multiple occasions that Jesus predicted his suffering and death and resurrection. He should have been there with the other ten, waiting at the tomb Easter morning. And what's more, what reason did Thomas have to reject credible witnesses? These are not some strangers, but they were his friends. They told him, Jesus has risen because they didn't want to see him in pain anymore. Is this how Thomas is dealing with his grief? Just shutting out the world because he felt angry, disappointed, or foolish? But I think we find it rather easy to identify with Thomas, don't we? We look for facts as well, don't we? We try to be careful with information, especially in this era where fake news has become a very real thing. Much of the world around us would dismiss the headline on Easter morning, Jesus is risen, as fake news. The world around us seems to be built on doubt and skepticism. So when we are experiencing grief or sadness or disappointment, isn't it easy just to want to shut the world out? We just want to be left alone even when someone else is trying to cheer us up with that gospel message. When somebody tell, tries to tell us that Christ is risen, what real reason is there for sadness? There is the part of us that would much rather push that away and slip back into our doubt and angst. What makes it so easy to identify with Thomas is that we don't have to imagine. We don't need to put ourselves back 2,000 years to feel the pressure and doubt that he felt. This is still how our minds tick. This is still how the world works. We still want that fire-in-the-sky answer that puts everything beyond a shadow of a doubt for us. Because that makes sense to us. If I can see it, if I can touch it, then it's real. But Jesus does say, Blessed are they who have indisputable evidence. No, he doesn't say that. He says, Blessed are they who have not seen, yet believe. This is the essence of faith. Being certain of what we do not see. Believing without seeing. This is what Jesus wanted to drive home both to the disciples and to Thomas. 2,000 years later, what do we still have? This testimony. But, there, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Quiet your doubting hearts. We have heard that Jesus is risen. But what was it really that made John and the other disciples go and record these events and preach this message? It wasn't just a story about a man miraculously rising from the dead. No, it was the message of forgiveness. While it's easy to see Thomas standing there, about to put his finger in the nail mark, what do you think really made Thomas hit his knees and say, My Lord and my God. John writes, 
A week later, his disciples were at the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Various artists throughout the years have tried to depict this scene of Thomas putting his hand in Jesus' side or examining Jesus' hands. Personally, I don't think he did, judging by his words to Jesus, my Lord and my God. He was shocked, stunned, relieved, forgiven. How could I have doubted? I don't deserve to be at peace. I fled from you, Lord. I ran and hid. I doubted your word. It wasn't the shock of seeing the holy wounds of Jesus that made Thomas say this. It was seeing the love his Savior had for him when Jesus confronted him with holes in his hands and a cut in his side, wounds that were forgiveness and peace for Thomas and for the disciples. Any angst, fear, or doubt was crushed at those words. Peace be with you. It was this message of forgiveness and peace that drove Thomas out to preach this message. Church history remembers him as the apostle who went all the way to India. It was in India that he died for his faith. He himself pierced by his spear. He died not doubting, but certain in his peace of forgiveness that Jesus had won for him. This is important for us to hear because the same is true for us. As it was for Thomas, doubting really goes beyond those attacks from the outside. The Christian shows on TV that speak contrary to what you read in the Bible, what you hear in church, or the condescending, witty, atheist college professor, while those might affect our faith for a time and cause us moments of doubt, I would argue that those are superficial things, just flesh wounds, if you will. Even for a person who's been a Christian for 50 years, the far more insidious doubt is down in your soul. That side of you that doubts your forgiveness, those sins that keep coming back into your mind and haunting you, the ones that wake you up at night in a cold sweat, the recurring sins that you repeat day in and day out, the ones that only you and God know about. Just like Thomas, you say, I ran from you, Lord. I tried to hide. I doubted your word. And that is terrifying. And what physical proof could possibly be enough to stop that kind of doubt? to touch the nails that went into Jesus' hands, to hold the spear that went into his side, to put your fingers through the nail mark in Jesus' hand, to put your hand into his side. No, not even those things. It's Jesus' word. Be at peace. Now that Easter is a week in the past, as the devil and the world try to cloud our vision once more, does doubt creep back in, and do we fail to see how the fact that Jesus walked away from his grave show how we will walk away from ours? Maybe we give this one to the Pope, Divine Mercy Sunday. It's an awfully good name for this day. Jesus in mercy does not abandon us when we doubt, as he didn't abandon the disciples when they doubted. It's by God's grace and mercy that these words are written that we may believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And by the words of our risen Savior, be at peace, stop doubting, and believe. Amen. That's all there is for today, but we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's Word with us. 
please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this, Monday through Friday, and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website at www.stmarksbemidji.org.